Predict, pick, and prevail in your fantasy football leagues with Nick Giacobbe and Nick Cap. From breakouts to busts, superstars to sleepers, these are the guys that will help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome everybody to Season 2, Episode 29 of the Primetime Fantasy Podcast, where we give you our predictions, our picks, with the hopes that we help you prevail in Week 4 and the rest of the 2022 Fantasy Football Season. I'm your host, Nick Giacobbe. Joining me is Nick Cap. I'm going to pull back the... Per- uh, oh, I messed that one up. All right. Uh, we're going to pull back the curtain, Nick. Um, we recorded both of our episodes on Wednesday, September uh, 20, uh, 28th due to Hurricane Ian coming in to drown me. Um, luckily, I am above water. The only thing that's kind of underwater is the lake outside. Kind of flooded a little bit, but that's okay. Um, we didn't anticipate me having power tonight, but have power. That's wonderful. Uh, so what we do is we recorded both episodes Wednesday, the episode for Thursday and Friday. The Friday episode, we didn't, we're going to have a news and injury segment because we can't really talk about anything Wednesday. So we're recording for about 15 minutes right now um, for injury and news updates for you for the weekend. And aside from that, um, the rest of our show is going to be just about the same as it was. Um, I'm going to connect the two shows together. So uh, if you're listening, on, if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see two different shows combined. If you're listening on the audio version, then uh, you're, pro- you're probably not going to realize that there's even a difference at that point. So that's okay. I'm very glad about that and how everything's turned out. With that said, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much. You can find the show on all of the audio streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a review. It really does help. We do these shows on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then we have, then we have a fifth show. It's our live show every Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Shouldn't have to worry about this uh, that this week. I was a little bit worried with the hurricane, but uh, should be good to go for that. On our YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, 8.30 a.m. this Sunday and every Sunday after that. we got a lot of questions these last three weeks or so. Um, it's been a lot of fun answering those questions for you guys. So uh, we're going to keep doing that. Hopefully you guys join Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. If you'd like to watch the show instead of listening to the audio version, or YouTube is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Facebook is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok is Primetime FF Pod. Nick hasn't gotten a word in yet. I feel bad about it, but that's okay. Nick's going to talk about some injuries for you guys. Um, I kind of had to give him a rundown at the moment. All right. Uh, I want to start off with some line. Um, we, we've categorized this into three, di- a couple different categories. We're going to start with players that are stars, and they're, they're stars, meaning they should be in your fantasy lineups every week, and they're in, in danger of missing week four. So start off with DeAndre Swift. Did not, did not practice on Thursday or Friday. Um, I'm sorry, um, Wednesday and Thursday. We're not on Friday yet. Uh, with his shoulder injury, we didn't think he was going to play. doesn't seem like he's going to play. This will be the Jamal Williams show. Not much to really talk about here. We're going to talk about the second one, though. Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown, his ankle injury that he suffered in week three. He has not practiced on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Nick, this is a problem to me. Oh, yeah. This, this is a, a big loss for that Lions team. And what a great matchup to have it against the Seattle Seahawks at home. In Detroit, like that, that would have been a perfect situation for Amon Ra to have like a top five week. Um, in my opinion, if you need a waiver play, if you need a one week wonder, I think DJ Chark is absolutely someone you should slot into your roster. Amon Ra is averaging somewhere around like 12 targets per game that has to get allocated somewhere. And to me, Chark is the next best receiver on the team. I'm going to bump this up here. It's lower in our notes, but aside from the lines, DJ Chark popped up on the injury report Thursday and didn't practice due to his ankle oh, wow. injury. Um, Josh Reynolds practiced Thursday with an ankle injury. TJ Hawkinson returned to practice with a foot injury. So those are your Lions players. They're a bit banged up. Um, I think it's still worth playing a line, whether it's DJ Chark or Josh Reynolds, whoever's starting at wide receiver. But if you have a Monroe St. Brown, uh, unless he has a miraculous return at Friday, I, I don't think he's going to play. The Saints are in London for their London game at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. Michael Thomas has not practiced on Wednesday and Thursday due to a toe injury. Um, if Michael Thomas doesn't go, it's a big boost for Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to talk. I'm going to throw the, the New Orleans players up here too. It's a little bit lower in our notes, but Jameis Winston hasn't practiced due to a back injury on Thursday and Wednesday. It seems like Andy Dalton is going to start Sunday. Um, Jarvis Landry returned to practice on Thursday with his ankle injury, so it, it, I'm a little bit worried about, about Michael Thomas because he does have an injury history. 
So we don't really know. How, the, the, the toe injury is not supposed to be severe, but if he doesn't practice Friday. I don't think he's playing. And if he doesn't play Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave, to me, get big boosts. And I, I think both are very playable at that point. If if Michael Thomas does play, I would keep Landry on the bench and I would play both Olave and Michael Thomas. Yeah. And I think um, regardless of that, Michael Thomas has really been dominant 10, 15 yards. So um, this might actually work out in the favor of Alvin Kamara a little bit more. You might see him get a lot more of that cheap check down um, passing game if those other two receivers aren't able to get open. And they're going up against Minnesota, whose secondary hasn't been great this year. Um, but I think that the, the guys back there, they're it's not a bad team. Like They're not going up against a, an easy defense where they should have no problem putting up yards and points. Like This is a a tough matchup overall. So I think Kamara, if Michael Thomas isn't there, would be the biggest benefactor to me. Okay. Christian McCaffrey is back on the injury report. This is the reason I did not want to draft him with a quad injury. Nick did draft him. Uh, yeah. He trusted in him, and, and I don't know how he feels about it. He could talk about it, but he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. According to Ian Rappaport, there's still a lot of optimism that he does play, and it, it sounds like he's going to try to play, but we'll see how Friday's practice goes. Um, any thoughts on this one? I think he's playing. I, I Yesterday when they said he was out, I got the alert while we were wrapping up our uh, our second episode of the day, the episode you guys are watching right yeah, now. Yeah, we, we recorded both those episodes early on Wednesday, too. It was like, it was yeah. like the middle of the afternoon. Again, yeah, I got, the, I got the alert when we were going, and my thought was, the, well, every team has been benching their star running backs on Wednesday. It seems to be like a recurring thing. Um, so that's what I figured. But to see him missing Thursday and have a new injury pop up, that's a little concerning to me, but McCaffrey, he's been very solid while he's out there. He finished the rest of the game. So if he did sustain the injury during the game and it wasn't like the last couple of plays, like he stayed out there and still put up a hundred yards. So if he's out there, I'm not concerned about his production. This is also a conversation for Sunday morning on our show, but hurricane Ian looks like it's wrapping right around to the Carolinas. This could be an ugly game. Um, I guess running backs are a safer play, but th this could be like, remember last year when the Browns faced somebody in a monsoon, uh, yeah. I, I forget who it was, but th this could be a monsoon kind of game. We'll have to see what happens Sunday morning. We'll talk about it on our Sunday show, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Be there. Um, but again, David Montgomery's knee injury. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday for, for a Khalil Herbert owner like me. This is a fist pump in the air because if this means that Khalil Herbert's going to play and David Montgomery isn't, this is an automatic start in all your lineups for Khalil Herbert. Yeah, 100% um, agree. And and you know what? Even if David Montgomery plays, this tells me that he's still a bit banged up and he should be on a snap count Sunday if he does play. And if he's on a snap count and Khalil Herbert's playing well, why even play Montgomery? Um, this is a win for Khalil Herbert owners. For David Montgomery owners, this is a loss. And if Khalil Herbert has another great game this Sunday, like let's say he goes for another close to 100 yards and a touchdown. I mean, David Montgomery hasn't gotten his contract yet. I think he's still in year three of his rookie deal. I think I could be wrong, but at that point, like why would you invest in Montgomery at that point for the bears? So we'll see about that again, stuff to talk about on Sunday. Keenan Allen's hamstring injury looked like he was going to be good to go this week, but then the practice report from Thursday said he left practice early with trainers. He got a limited tag on Thursday. Um, that's never a good sign if you leave practice early with trainers. Yeah. And especially cause it's a hamstring injury. Like, hamstring groin those are the two that always stick in my head where it's like yep. those will linger you and affect you like if you're yep. out on the field you're not 100 percent if you have that injury so i as a keenan allen owner in two maybe three leagues like this is a big red flag for me i'm very concerned about allen i want to see what the update is come sunday yeah um this is i've been saying it since last week that this injury is a problem um and hamstrings worry me but let's look at somebody that should be on your roster at this point if you're listening to the show go get him josh Oh, Joshua Palmer, six receptions, 99 yards last week for 15.9 fantasy points. Week two, um, he had 13 fantasy points, saved his day with a touchdown. He only had four receptions for 30 yards, but he had eight targets. Um, go get yourself Joshua Palmer if he's still available on your waiver wire because if Keenan Allen doesn't play, to me, Joshua Palmer is a slam, slam dunk pick. Um, Absolutely, and they have the Texans this week. He's only yeah. rostered in 35% of ESPN League, so – um, definitely check the waivers. His, his yep. projection is, is a little low right now because they still are projecting Allen to play. Right. Um, so if Allen's gone, his projection is going to jump up right, to 14, right, right. 15 points. Right. Um, just to update another charger, I'm just going down our list. Justin Herbert with a rib in, I think it was a ribs, right? Rib or back, whatever his injury yep. is. Uh, he was a full participant on Thursday. First time he was a full participant since the injury. So it looks like Herbert will be um, good to go. We're not going to go to some stars that should play. 
um, not guarantees, but should. Uh, Jonathan Taylor missed his first practice since high school. Um, he went through high school every practice, college every practice, NFL every practice until Wednesday. Yesterday, he missed a practice due to a toe injury. Um, Frank Reich did say after practice he was going to be ready to go on Sunday, and he did practice today. I don't know if it was limited or full, but not not worried at all. He's he's fine. Mm-hmm. Delva Cook returned to practice on Thursday as a full participant with a shoulder injury. I did see something about at the media portion. He wasn't doing a lot of hard drills, but um, you drafted him in the first round. If he's playing, you're playing him. That's kind of how I view it. It's a tough matchup. I, I did put him on the bus team. Uh, the, that's a spoiler, actually. You'll see that later on in the show. But uh, we recorded it yesterday. Give me some slack. Uh, anyway. And he's dealing with the hurricane. Give him yeah, some- I'm still dealing with the aftermath. Um, it's a bit, I slept two hours last night. All right. It's. It's been a long day. Um, Gabriel Davis with the ankle injury. He practiced Wednesday, and then he didn't practice Thursday. I'm not 100% sure if the ankle is re-aggravated or if he just got a rest day. Could be either or, um, but monitor this one. If he doesn't practice Friday, Isaiah McKenzie should be on your roster and 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 should be played because the Ravens have a horrible defense. Yep. So a, a lot of wide receiver threes this week have, have some, some good matchups if, if they're wide receiver two or one misses. Cordell Patterson uh, missed Wednesday um, with uh, with a knee injury. And I think Thursday was a rest day or either or. I forget. One of them was labeled as a rest day. One of them was a, a did-not-practice day. Um, he wouldn't talk to reporters about the injury in the locker room, but he also said he will talk on Sunday. To me, that kind of says he's going to play Sunday and his play is going to do his talk, I think. Um, again, watch the practice report on Friday. If he doesn't play, I'm really not interested in any Falcons running back, if I'm being completely honest with you. Completely agree. Yep. James Conner knee injury was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. He looks like he's good to go in the monsoon game against the Carolina Panthers. Moving on to a next category. I labeled other players, um, not stars, but people we want to talk about. Um, let's talk about some stars in the making. Devontae Smith back injury practice Thursday was limited. Wednesday should be good to go. Should be in your lineups. Um, I just wanted to get that one out of the way. Uh, JK Dobbins with the chest injury. This is a new one. This is in the ACL limited on Wednesday, full Thursday, he got outsnapped by Justice Hill last week, and John Harbaugh had some really positive uh, talk about Justice Hill. Um, really tough matchup against the Bills. I would bench him. I I don't want J.K. Dobbins right now. I want no part of him. Correct. Yep. Um, I, I'm going to start at the top here now. Wondell Robinson, knee injury, did not practice Thursday. Kadarius Tony hamstring, did not practice Thursday. It looks like those two um, will not – play or they'll be limited so it looks like the giants receiving options will be kenny galladay or richie james either of those that you'd like to pick up and play this week against the bears i would want to play richie james um it's would like you so play him or you're saying he's the better option i think he's the better option i would play him it's a, it's a very easy matchup against chicago okay. um daniel jones should have no problem having time in that pocket and when daniel jones has time in the pocket he, he actually does perform as a quarterback, as most NFL quarterbacks do. So James okay. should be a solid play if those guys miss. Yep. Uh, Mac Jones is operating as if he has a chance to play Sunday. He's missed practice both days. Like, I don't know what they're doing, but I don't think he's playing. Um, on I other can't Patriots, see him playing. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Myers missed last week's game, which would have been a real slam dunk matchup. I would have loved to put him in my boom team, but didn't, didn't play. Limited Wednesday and Thursday with a knee injury. He should be good to go, but... I am a bit hesitant to put him in lineups this week. Yep, I agree. Dalton Schultz with a knee injury was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. I don't know if he was limited or full on Thursday, but he did practice both. It seems like he'll be good to, good to go this week against the uh, Washington Commanders. Looks like Jerry Jones, um, his prognosis last week, or diagnosis, prognosis, I don't know, whichever word it is. Uh, Jerry We're Jones. start calling him Dr. Jerry Jones. Yeah, do- Dr. Jerry. I think that's the good one. Yeah, Jer- Jerry loves playing doctor. I don't know if he's got like a Cowboys operation board in his office or something, but whether it's Dak Prescott or Schultz, he loves giving updates. And he loves giving updates to where his players will, will come back to play uh, prior to when they probably should. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Maybe he was the doctor that said Tua didn't have a concussion in that game. <laughs> yeah, Tua's definitely playing tonight. Well, we're recording Thursday before the game, but Tua's definitely playing he is tonight active. with a concussion. He's active, he's he's active with a concussion. I'm, I'm convinced that Tua has a concussion right now. Yeah. Um, anyway, it looks like Dalton Schultz should be playing. I would play him against the Commanders. Um, we'll see if it's a smokescreen or not. But Moving on to the Bucks, They're getting some wide receivers back. Uh, Mike Evans will be back after his suspension. I'm sure the calf injury is good to go. Chris Godwin practiced Wednesday for the first time since suffering his hamstring injury. He rested Thursday, though. Didn't practice. It was a rest day. I hope Godwin doesn't play as a Chris Godwin owner. I think it's too soon. 
Russell Gage with a hamstring injury was limited Wednesday and Thursday. Julio Jones with a knee injury was limited Wednesday and Thursday. Um, to me, I think the Bucks one and two receivers are, are, are startable, whether it's Julio and Evans or Gage and Evans. And yep. to me, uh, the Bucks are winning this game. They're playing in Tampa. Like it's Sunday night football. They're playing in Tampa. This is the NFL rigged game where the Bucks win. And on Sunday night football, right after Brady says, this was for Florida. Like this is the NFL rigged game. I'm just saying uh, this. This that, is that, a, it's so weird though. Cause I agree with you. Like whoever the one and two is on this team has to start, but they're playing eight 20. It'll probably be still be raining in Tampa or it'll still have like the field nope. will be a hundred percent. The rain's going to be gone. The rain's gone by now. It will be. Okay. And then like the, then, I mean, are you really going to wait to hear the verdict for these guys? Like, which... I, th- I think we should know by Sunday morning. You think so? I think so. I, I think if Julio and Gage both have three straight practices where they play, I think both of them would play. Like, like they said last week, Julio could have played and they held him out. I think Julio will be good to go. Okay. Godwin, I'm worried about. I would not start Godwin. I don't. Yeah, think I wouldn't trust. I don't, I don't think the Bucks yet. should start Godwin. I agree. Damian Pierce with a hip injury was limited Wednesday. Full Thursday should be good to go, and that's a decent matchup against the Chargers. I mean, James Robinson had a good game last week. Uh, Miles Sanders, Nick's favorite running back in the league, practiced full on Thursday. I think he was limited on Wednesday. This is an interesting one. Hunter Renfro has not cleared concussion protocol yet as of Thursday. I have an all-caps pickup, Mac Collins. I think he was wide receiver one or two last week. Um, if if Hunter Renfro does not clear concussion protocol by Saturday or Sunday, like I don't think he's playing. Mac Collins should be a really nice start in your flex spot. Go pick him up right now. Um, your homework after this podcast, or even right now while you're listening to the podcast, uh, go pick up Mac Collins. Go pick up Joshua Palmer. Um, good options for you this week. Chiefs wide receivers, Marcus, Bill Scantling, and uh, missed practice Thursday, and Michael Hardman was limited in practice on Thursday. Melvin Gordon with a neck injury was limited Thursday and Wednesday. Um, neck's a pretty serious injury, but don't worry. Nathaniel Hackett is still riding the hot hand no matter how many fumbles you have on one drive. You're still getting the goal line touches. I am a very angry Javante Williams owner. Did you see Javante snap share this past week? What was it, 53%? 47 Ugh. Melvin Gordon was uh, 38 uh, or something, and then there's a third running back. High 30s, low 40s. Yeah, there's, there's a third bum running back. 10% snap share. Unbelievable. I'm grateful I didn't own him at, pick him up anywhere, but they should be using him on 70%. Unbelievable, man. Talented. Unbelievable. Moving on to some, the, the last players we're going to talk about injury-wise. Um, These are two players you may have picked up on your waiver wire that now may not play. Uh, Greg Dortch with his back injury has been a solid number two for Arizona these past three weeks. I think he has a double-digit fantasy points all three weeks. Mm-hmm. Limited in both practices. Um, So I think he's going to play because he was only limited in the two practices. However, it could be messy in Carolina again. We can't talk about that until Sunday. Um, If the forecast on Sunday is hurricane, tropical weather storm, um, Greg Dortch is not a play. Zay Jones, I, I think he um, is because it does look like AJ Green is missing some time as well. So I, I will sit every receiver in that game if it's tropical storm conditions. Well, yes, if it's that bad, but that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's it. it he, he's a play depending on the weather conditions. I think that's a one o'clock game too. So we'll know when we do our show at eight thirty what the weather conditions are. Final injury, Zay. Four o'clock. Um, that's a four o'clock. <laughs> Oof. That's a four o'clock. It's in Carolina. I know. I, I have it pulled up here. Ugh, why does Carolina have a four o'clock game? That's not That's great. Uh, we'll still know the weather conditions that morning when we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Lastly, Zay Jones, um, ankle injury did not have it on Wednesday. Pop up on Thursday. That's not a good sign. Um, I'm comfortable dropping Zay Jones to get you Joshua Palmer or Matt Collins um, since they're all waiver people. So, um, any thoughts on that? I would. I would drop him for Josh Palmer. I wouldn't drop him for Holland. Alrighty, guys, that was our injury segment. We're going to take a quick little break here, I guess. Um, and then we're getting into our all boom, all bust teams. Um, also going to do flex on them at the end of the show. One player from each team that could be in your flex spot. We're going to talk about it. Um, and that's it. That's all we got for you guys. We're going to go right into our week teams. We're going to start with our boom team. Um, these are players that we think are going to boom in week four. Um, we'll explain to you why we believe that. And, we're also assuming there's no injuries or anything to these players in the next yep. day. All right. Uh, who's your boom quarterback for week four? It's the guy I'm streaming in one of my leagues this week. I'm streaming and starting confidently Marcus Mariota in his first Ooh. three games. He is the QB 13. He's averaging a little bit over 16 points per game, but more importantly, he's getting eight carries on the ground and he's averaging two touchdowns per game between the ground and the air. 
So this week he gets a nice matchup against the Browns who rank 10th in points allowed to the quarterback position, but they will be missing Miles Garrett for this game, who has been a pass rushing machine. He's been able to limit mobile quarterbacks from escaping out of the pocket. And in their first game without Garrett, I think that they're going to be a little bit more rusty. I think he will have a comfortable game uh, back there in the pocket. So my projection is he probably finishes in between 18 and 20 points, which last week would have been good enough for the QB six or seven, which should give him a very solid uh, week four. I have the quarterback 23 on the season. Do you know who the quarterback 23 is? No. Do you want to take a guess? No. If you want to give me some stats, I might be able to. Um, his team is two and one. His highest okay. fantasy score was week one, um, in a game that he lost. And that's all I could really give you without giving it away. I'm not sure. It's Russell Wilson. Ooh, Russell Wilson. Right. Uh, his highest fantasy point scored was 17.9 against Seattle. Since then against a terrible Texans defense only scored 11 and against his old rival, the San Francisco 49ers, only nine. I saw Russell Wilson being dropped this week in a couple weeks. I also saw him on okay. drop reports from a lot of people around the league saying that he's droppable. I think he's almost there. Um, but this is the chance to save his fantasy season and, and to save his spot on your on your teams. Look at the last three games that the Raiders have played against quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, 23 points allowed. Tyler Murray, 25 points allowed. Ryan Tannehill, 18 points allowed. The Raiders have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill scored 18 last week. Russell Wilson's highest on the season is 17. If Russell Wilson cannot score you 18 points against the Raiders defense, assuming he plays health, you know, he's healthy the whole game, then I don't know if he should be on your fantasy roster. Um, definitely not in your starting lineup, at least, but this is not a good defense. This is a, this is a horrendous defense. This is a defense Russell Wilson should put up a 25-point fantasy week. So it's almost a situation where, like, I like the matchup, and it's also a situation where, like, I feel like it has to happen now or it's just not going to happen until late, late, late in the season at that point. Who is your first running back boom of the week? I had to put him as my RB1 because I have a feeling he's going to be somewhere between your RBs and your flex. And he is the one, I think, out of my running backs that will perform the best this week. It is Jamal Williams. Uh, I had to put him at RB1. He has a very solid 15-point projection on ESPN formats this week. And he's been incredibly good for fantasy football. He has four touchdowns through two weeks. He had 20 touches last week. He's been very, very solid. He's a top 10 tight uh, running back on the year as a backup. But this time, DeAndre Swift will most likely be out. This might be more up to date um, by the next time you see us on Sunday. Um, but I'm expecting DeAndre Swift to miss the game. And Jamal Williams has proven when he's out on that field, he's been a very good running back. He's been very good um, as the Packers backup. He's been very good last year, and he's been very good so far this year. So there's no reason not to trust a running back that just had 20 touches, just scored two touchdowns, and we'll most likely see it against the Seattle Seahawks, who are ranked fourth against the running back position. So I also have Jamal Williams. Before this week, me and Nick were actually showing each other our teams, kind of, because Nick was making graphics for them. Mm -hmm. um, but this time we've not seen our teams. Oh. I also have Jamal Williams, so let me pad those stats a little bit. Um, I have Seattle's allowed the eighth most fantasy points to running backs. I don't know where you found the four number. Um, my number is actually off of fantasy pros. Um, ESPN people. Okay. Okay, so there you go. So, so point being, they don't have a good defense. Um, in the last three weeks that Seattle's played against running backs, Javante Williams had 19. Um, Jeff Wilson had 12 without a touchdown, which was robbed from him, so he would have had an 18-point week. Uh, Cordell Patterson had 22. On top of that, uh, Jamal Williams had 24 points last week where he was basically the featured running back. So Jamal Williams is set up for a really great matchup in Seattle this week. Who is your second running back boom of the week? Mine's on the other side of the ball. I'm taking Rashad Penny this week. Oh, crap. We have the same two running backs. Well, that's perfect. That means that that just means everybody should be starting these two running backs. Um, he hasn't looked great in his first three games, um, but those were against elite defenses. Uh, in the first three weeks, Seattle, you might have these in front of you since you picked them as well. well has the, played, Denver's, played Denver's the like one or two against the run. Uh, the, Bronco, the Broncos are number one against running backs. Then they, I think they also had Atlanta, and then they had they Atlanta, and they had San Francisco. San Francisco. So you had San Francisco's three, number. 
eight against the running backs on and Atlanta, I think, was number five or number six. Yeah, Atlanta's so, five or six. So he's been against so, three top ten rushing defenses for a fantasy. Exactly. Game. So now you have an opportunity against one of the worst. I think it's actually the worst team against the running back position in fantasy football. So you have to start Penny this week. If it's not this week, you will never start him again, and you might as well cut him now because this is the best matchup he's had all season. And if you can't trust him now, when are you going to trust him? If you don't trust him, cut him or trade him before Sunday. But that's kind of how, that, that's how I view it. Um, and, and Penny's average is great. Um, week one against Denver, his, his average was uh, five yards a carry. And then week three against Atlanta was 4.7 yards a carry. Um, against San Francisco, it was only 2.5, but he only had six carries for 15 yards. Um, he has over 60 yards in two out of three games. The issue is that he's not getting receptions and he's not scoring touchdowns. Um, I think if Penny gets to the end zone this week, you're going to see a really nice option from your flex spot. And flex him here, I put him as my running back too. Um, but the Lions are, are the worst team against the run. Like they, they are the worst. They allowed Miles Sanders to score like 18 points. Delvin Cook at 13 last week. Um, and then week two, they faced who do the Lions have week two? Um, oh, I have it right here. Um, no, it was uh, the football team. Uh, football oh, that's team. right. Washington. Miles Sanders, Delvin Cook, and Antonio Gibson all had double digit fantasy points against the Lions. So I think Rashad Penny will. Um, as well that should be that should be a solid play if you're missing DeAndre Swift or some of these other running backs that might be banged up if you're deciding between like a Josh Jacobs or a Travis Etienne I think Penny's a good matchup for this week who is your first wide receiver that you have listed here as your boom Nick was a lot higher on him than I was before the year and Nick was right it's Devontae Smith week one was absolutely horrendous he had four targets on zero catches but since that he's been averaging 23 fantasy points per game 10 targets a game has 240 total receiving yards. If he had played this way in week one, he would currently be the wide receiver five. And this wouldn't even be a debate of whether you start him. So it's time to start putting him in your flex and start trusting him. I was going to pick Devontae Smith last week and I picked Mooney over him because I wanted a challenge. So um, that's what I get for wanting the challenge. This player is not a challenge. This is the slam dunk, but I, I had to throw him in there for this reason. I have Debo Samuel as my wide receiver one. Now Debo's a star. You're starting him no matter what. Uh, you're talking a top 10 guy on the season last year. This year, though, Debo is ranked. He's got to be somewhere outside the top 20, I think. Yeah, he's, he's probably right around 25. Uh, he's averaging about 13 fantasy points a week. Last year against the Rams, Debo Samuel averaged 29.5 fantasy points over two games. He had 30 points and like 29.2 or something like that. Those are his third and fourth best games of the season. The other games he had were like 35 and 31. Now the Rams have allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers uh, this season. Just last week, Hollywood Brown had 14 receptions for 140 yards. If you have Debo Samuel, if you drafted him in rounds one or two, and this is the, 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 the Debo you were expecting, I think this is the Debo you get. On top of all of this, um, the Ram, uh, McVay is not, has only beaten the 49ers once since Shanahan got there. Um, I think the record's like eight. San Francisco's like eight and one against the Rams or something in the past mm -hmm. six years or five, whatever the number is, three years, four years, whatever. Uh, my point being, Debo should have a good game. This should be a really competitive game for the 49ers. Um, this should be the Debo bounce back game that, that you're hoping for. Who is your second wide receiver that you have listed? You could argue he should be my wide receiver one. Um over Devontae Smith. But, I mean, they're both relatively the same player in the same situation. Um, both had a awful week, this player, due to injury. Last one, um, due to a poor performance. Um, he's the wide receiver, too, on his team. He's extremely talented. Uh, there were snap concern issues during one of the weeks. It's Gabriel Davis. Um, this week, he's going up against the Baltimore Ravens, who have allowed the most points to opposing wide receivers uh and he should be in for a massive day the only concern i really do have is last week he would he had the second highest snap count of any of the wide receivers over there and it was behind isaiah mckenzie not behind stefan Diggs. so that tells me that they trust isaiah mckenzie a little bit more but i think it's just because of the, the game off the injury not a lot of practice that following week um but i'm not going to shy away from playing Gabriel Davis, even knowing McKenzie outsnapped him. Uh, two weeks ago, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, one of the top wide receiver duos in the league, put up 82 total fantasy points against this team. With Josh Allen and that massive arm coming off a, a poor loss, they are going to come back with a vengeance, and they are going to absolutely smoke this secondary. Lock Gabriel Davis in your lineups. 
Well, we have to start texting each other our teams again uh, because <laughs> this is going to look really bad. I also have Gabriel Davis, except he's in my flex spot, but I'll talk about Gabriel Davis now since you just did. Um, to pad those stats, Baltimore's allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers through three weeks. Um, Devontae Parker had 20 last week. Corey Davis, 13 week one. Tyreek and Waddle each had 40 week two. So that's three straight weeks where they're allowing at least one receiver to go over um, 10 fantasy points. So uh, lock in Gabriel Davis as your wide receiver or flex option this week. I'm going to take the lead here because Nick just spoke about two of the guys that I had on my list. Um, three. Yeah. Te technically, my wide receiver, two um, is Amari Cooper. The Atlanta Falcons have allowed the fifth most. You have Amari Cooper, too? Yeah, he's in my flex. Okay. Yeah, we got to coordinate this next week for sure. <laughs> uh, Atlanta's allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers uh, through the first three weeks. They've allowed two wide receivers on each team they face to score double-digit fantasy points. Uh, week one was Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. Week two, uh, it was uh, – who did Atlanta have week two? I'm trying to think now. Was it uh, – crap, who did Atlanta have week two? I don't remember. I'm trying to think. Uh, can you pull up the Falcon schedule real quick? Sure. I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, last week, it was DK Metcalf with, I think, 18 and Tyler Lockett with uh, 11 or 12. And then week two was, I'm waiting for Nick to tell me. Where is it? I can't find it. <laughs> this is bad. The bad radio. Bad radio. Awful uh, radio. Falcons week two game. I got it. It was the Rams. Uh, Allen right. Robinson and Cooper Cup both went over double-digit fantasy points, and Tyler Higby also did as well. Um so with that said, uh, you have to play Amari Cooper. He has had 20-plus fantasy points the last two weeks. I think he's had like 11-plus targets or something like that. Um, he's like a 29% target share or something like that. It's insane. Um, there's no reason why you should bench Cooper. Is Cooper can be locked in as a wide receiver or a flex this week. He should be a really nice play against Atlanta. Just to further back it a little bit, um, he's averaging nine targets per game over his first three weeks and just had back-to-back 100-yard -back games. Jacoby Brissett has been a lot better than Baker Mayfield in that offense. He's been a lot more accurate in that offense. Um, you, ju you just have to trust Amari Cooper at this point. I know there were a lot of concerns going into the year because we thought, you know, he's been very quarterback reliant. But as long as Jacoby Brissett's been playing well, so has Amari Cooper. So it's, it's time to just lock him in and trust him. Who is your second flex option? I hope we don't have the same flex in tight end. You know, when I was actually making my list, I said – we're going to have a lot of similar, but the one guy I won't have some the same is the tight end position. So I don't think we'll have that the same. Okay. But what do you got as your second flex? Here, I don't know if you would. I have your wide receiver back-to-back -back weeks, Tyler Lockett. Nope, um, we don't. Thank the beautiful, Lord. Beautiful, beautiful. So back-to-back -back weeks, he has had nine catches on 11 targets. Detroit ranks 25th to opposing opposing fantasy wide receivers. As long as he's seeing this type of usage, he's going to continue to be fantasy relevant. And he has not found the end zone yet. This Detroit team is allowing the second most points in football. So with two back-to-back, -back, uh, I think 18 and 19 point games with that type of usage, if he finds the end zone, that's a 25 point game from Tyler Lockett. Put him in your lineup. I have a strategy of picking against the Jets every single week on the show for my boom team. I am picking a Jet this week on my boom team. Oh. I have Elijah Moore on my boom team. Oh. Zach Wilson coming back. A seven-game stretch with Zach Wilson last year. He averaged 17 fantasy points. He only had one dud game. You probably know it, who he had the dud game against. I don't. Was it, it was probably New England or something like that? I don't remember. There was one I game where remember. he there was one game where he didn't score double-digit fantasy points. Um the Steelers' defense has allowed the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. They allowed a good amount to uh, Jamar and Higgins, and Jacoby Myers had a good week against them week two. Pitt's not good against the receivers. It could be a nice week for Elijah Moore if Zach Wilson starts to target him. I'm I'm going on a limb here and picking a jet, so we'll see how this one good goes. Pick. Great but, but I'm just Great letting pick. you know, if Elijah Moore disappoints here, this just automatically like reframes my claim as to why not to trust Jets. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, who's your tight end? Let's see if we got a different one. I'm sure we do. I have a question for you. You love when I give you a question. On I do podcast. like questions. So I'm going to give you a question or I'm going to ask you, who is this player? I'm going to give you a few stats and yep. you can try and guess. So through three games, they have had the most offensive snaps at the tight end position with over 200. He has the most routes ran among every tight end. He's at 141. The next highest is 25 less. 
He is currently the tight end three on the year, has 18 catches, 24 targets, so that's eight targets a game, six catches a game, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Is it Higby? I'm sorry? Is it Higby? It is not Tyler Higby. Is it Waller? No. Who is it? It is another Jet. It is Tyler Conklin. He is here to stay. Tight end three on the year. And guess what? Guess what? He gets the luxurious GOAT quarterback. The GOAT quarterback of this rookie class, Zach Wilson, back. And not just that. Guess who he gets to play against? The Steelers. And what did the Steelers do last week, Nick? They allowed David Njoku on Thursday night primetime to drop 24 points on their head. I am absolutely locking Tyler Conklin in my lineup. I hate picking a tight end boom and bust every week because it's really tight end or bust. I mean, I'm touchdown or bust. So I have a guy who I think gets in the end zone. I'm going with Robert Tanyan. It's a really good game script against the Patriots who I don't think are going to play well this weekend against, against the Packers. Mac Jones probably is going to play so good game script there. Pats have also allowed the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends through the first three weeks. Um, in the last two weeks, Pat Frymuth had 12, and last week, Mark Andrews had 28 points. I think he had a touchdown or two in that one. Um, two out of three games, Robert Tunyon has had five-plus targets. Uh, I don't know who the Patriots are going to try to take away. Maybe it'll be the running game. Maybe it'll be Romeo Dobbs. Either way, um, I, I could see Tunyon getting in the end zone and getting a couple um, targets. It is a flyer. like It's not a guarantee for sure. Um, tight end's tough when it comes to this, but uh, that's who I have this week at least. Let's go to our busts. Um, who do you got as your bust quarterback for week four? I am going to bust someone that's been phenomenal so far this year in Trevor Lawrence. So far, throughout his three games, six touchdowns, one turnover. That's a great ratio for a year two quarterback in a new system, new offense. Like Everything looks good about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he just came off a monster game. This week, he gets to play the real dog pound. He ain't going up against those Cleveland, that Cleveland garbage dog pound that let the Jets beat them in week two, by the way. He gets to go up against the Philadelphia Eagles, who, in my opinion, have the best defense in football at the moment. They have, so far, through three weeks, 12 sacks, five forced turnovers. That's great. Well, through three, three of them were due to Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins. That's a lot of sacks and a lot of turns. <laughs> so, either way. Um with all those turnovers, all those sacks for a year two quarterback to find that good of production or as good of production as he has in the first three weeks, I don't see it happening. He's currently the QB 10 and he's definitely worth rostering. Like I want him in most of my leagues. I want to stash him for those, those division games against the Titans and against the Texans. But when you're going up against, in my opinion, the best defense in football and you're not, you know, you're not matchup proof yet. Like we have, don't have proof that Trevor Lawrence will be matchup proof. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit him for this week. I just want to say it's a Doug Peterson revenge game. Just gonna watch sure out for that one. Um, I, I I can see the Jags covering the spread. I can't see Trevor having a good game though. I'm going with Matthew Stafford going up against those San Francisco 49ers, who those Rams just seem to lose to. And you know what? I think the Rams have gotten worse as a football team since the Super Bowl. I think the 49ers are the same football team that they were last year. Um, they were in an NFC championship game where they were a drop pick away from making the Super Bowl. That's the reality of it. Uh, last week in two games, Matthew Stafford averaged 15 points against the Rams. Um, he's only he's the quarterback 25 this year, hasn't played well from a fantasy perspective. Um, and on top of that, the San Francisco defense looks great. They've allowed the second fewest points to quarterbacks. Um, just last week, they held Russell Wilson to nine. So I don't see this being a great Stafford game. Um I would also say Allen Robinson's also a really shaky one. He's not on my list, but Robinson's a really shaky play this week. Yep. Who's your first running backs uh, uh, bust of the week? I wouldn't have called this guy my RB1 up until I saw his ESPN projection. So let me go through my breakdown, and then I'll tell you his projection. So last week he saw 12 carries, and the prior week he saw 18, and he's been very efficient and he's been very good but this is a tough matchup he has and you don't want to play running backs that are replacing an injured running back in a tough matchup. Jeff Wilson will be sitting on my bench this week. Guess who's back in that, in that offense, Jimmy Garoppolo. And what happens when Jimmy Garoppolo is in your offense? Debo Samuel is your RB one slash two. 
In the three matchups he had last year up against the Rams, he had 20 rushing attempts, and he saw 110 total yards and three touchdowns throughout those three games, two regular season and one in the playoffs, um, which is absolutely going to vulture Wilson's usage. It's not going to be good for him. ESPN has the audacity to put Jeff Wilson at a 15-point projection, which is absurdly high considering he's going to be rushing up the middle against Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner all game. And Debo Samuel proved to be the better running back last year. Even Elijah Mitchell didn't see great production against these two, these in these games. I'm not trusting him. I do. I think he can get to ten points. Sure, it's probably more touchdown than bust. So when you're touchdown or bust and you're projected fifteen, it's ridiculous. And if I asked you, would you say he's more likely to score less than ten points against Bobby Wagner, Aaron Donald, one of the best rush defenses in the NFL? or over 15, which is his current projection, I would take under 10 all day on it. So I'm going to look to pass on him. I think there's better plays this week. There's a lot of good matchups for those lower-end running back flex plays like we talked about earlier. I had him as a boom last week, and he's a bust this week. I have Dalvin Cook. I hope I'm wrong about this as a Dalvin Cook owner in a league, but I'm regretting that draft pick. Um, he's only averaging 11 fantasy points through three weeks. He's nursing that shoulder injury that he knew about that did, we didn't know about it, but he knew about it. Apparently he's supposed to be wearing a brace apparently every week. If I knew this information, he would not have been drafted on my fantasy team. Um, and on top of that, uh, the saints are the seventh best team against the run there. I think they were number one or two last year. They haven't lost a lot of guys on defense. I, I don't like this matchup for Dalvin cook. Um, I don't like it for Alexander Madison either. It's I, I just see so many negatives. So for me, um, you don't bench Dalvin Cook, but you temper your expectations. If his projection is closer to 19, I don't think he gets you. I think he's getting you 10. So that that's your Dalvin Cook forecast. Your second running back uh, bust of the week. Here I have Josh Jacobs. I still like him on the overall season, and you could tell how talented he is. Like he looks really good as a running back, but it's not translating to fantasy because where his production has always come is on the goal line. Um, but as of right now, when they're getting in the red zone, they're only looking one way. They're looking for their wide receiver, one Devontae Adams, who has three touchdowns on the air, one in each game, all within 20 yards of the end zone. So that's clearly who they're favoring. On top of that, this week, they are going up against the Denver Broncos, who have, let me guess, the number two defense against running backs. So I'm going to pivot. Like, like I've been saying, there's so many better plays this week, and you drafted him late enough where he's a flex or a low-end RB2. You should have an alternative player, um, and I don't think you'll have a hard time pivoting off of him, but this is not the week for him. I think he's typically a guy I would play every game. Like I wouldn't care about the matchup typically, but they're not using him in the goal line. They're not putting up enough points where he gets the goal line usage, and now he has a tough matchup. That's just three recipes for disaster. So you're talking Josh Jacobs. Yep. So Jacobs is in my flex spot, but I'll talk about him here. Um, on top of that, uh, you already mentioned the Broncos' second-best defense against the run. Um, very touchdown-dependent for Josh Jacobs, and he hasn't gotten in the end zone yet. Not his fault, but they haven't gotten down to the goal line. Um, there's only one running back that scored double digits against them. That was Jeff Wilson last week. Um, so I'll pivot to my first flex spot or my running back two, whatever you want to call it. I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are the number one team facing fantasy running backs. Um, they were top three or five last year. So the Bucks, the, the Bucks front seven has been great for a couple of years. Um, Clyde is in a solid fantasy season so far. His average is great, but he has three touchdowns and, and he's very touchdown dependent. He's only had one game that was week two where he didn't score a touchdown. And he had a nice fantasy stat line. Um, it seems like he needs a touchdown to really get over the hump over that 10 point threshold. Um, the Chiefs don't run the ball a ton and I just don't see that really changing on Sunday night. So I, I would... If you have another option, like if you have Rashad Penny and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I would play Rashad Penny. If you have Jamal Williams, I'd play Jamal Williams. Um, I would play Dalvin Cook, but Clyde is one I would say can can hit your bench. Yep. So who would be um, – I just did a flex play, which I probably shouldn't have, but that's okay. Um, let's go to receivers then. Uh, who would be your first receiver um, on, your, on your lineup? So if I told you that this player last year had – is playing a division opponent that they played twice – um, that team's defense got better. And in those two matchups, they had a combined seven fantasy points, three catches for 40 yards in one game and a goose egg in the other. Would you trust that player? Probably no. not. It's Terry McLaurin. This week, he's got Dallas. And last year, I remember because me and Nick were so adamant that Terry McLaurin is more talented than Trayvon Diggs is as a corner. 
but he wasn't putting up the fantasy numbers for it. This year, Carson Wentz, one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks in league history, at least over the last three, four, five years in the league, has to go up against Micah Parsons, who's been tormenting offensive lines, and Trayvon Diggs, who last year led the league in interceptions. I'm going to tell you exactly what my forecast for the game is. Terry McLaurin is going to go for another 20-yard, 30-yard pass. Trayvon Diggs is going to intercept it. And Carson Wentz is not going to make his first read to Terry McLaurin down the game. And that coaching staff will not try to target him because Carson Wentz doesn't have the pinpoint accuracy to counter a interception good cornerback. So I my other prediction for the game is Curtis Samuel and or Jahan Dotson are going to go outsource Terry McLaurin because there's other weaknesses on that Dallas secondary. But Dig should be shadowing McLaurin. I he's one where you know, there's some of these guys where we always say like temper expectations, and then there's some we say bench. For me, I'm flat out benching Tyron McLaurin this week. Even after last week, he went out there against a tough Eagles defense that you called the best in the league and scored you like 15 fantasy points. Yeah, they had a goose egg up until the fourth quarter. I know it doesn't really matter for its fantasy, but Dallas is going to force turnovers. Okay. Unlike, okay. Yeah, I, th- I think there's better play- players on the team. Just, just just playing devil's advocate there if you're saying bench him. That, that's that that's a lot that's a lot to say for a guy that just went out there and scored 15 for you and you drafted pretty early. I, I personally I agree with the argument. I don't think I would bench him though. I would temper the expectations. Um my first wide receiver, I have Rashad Bateman, who's become a resident of this bus segment, basically. Uh I don't know, I forget his point number last week, but it wasn't great against the Patriots when we both busted him. Now facing a Bills defense that's very tough against wide receivers. They're the seventh best against uh, wide receivers. Waddle, Waddle played well last week. He's not the wide receiver one on that team, I don't think. Um, Tyreek's probably the wide receiver one over there. Um, week one, Cooper Cup had a great game, but that's only because Matthew Stafford has tunnel vision for Cooper Cup, and he's an excellent, excellent player. Rashad Bateman only has 16 total targets through three weeks, averaging about five targets a game or so, and that doesn't mean he's catching them. That means those are the targets. Um and it feels like the weeks that he's had bigger fantasy weeks are because he's had 50-yard touchdowns. Um, I don't think the, – the, the Bills' secondary is susceptible now with two safeties out, um, but I just don't see that happening. Um, I think he's touchdown or bust. I think that's literally what it is, and I feel like when this position is so deep, there are better options out there with better matchups and then a little more production than Rashad Bateman that you can trust. Um, he's, not, he's not even the first receiving option on his own team. That's Mark Andrews, so – Moving on, who is your second wide receiver that you have here? Mine's Rashad Bateman as well. So oh, man. I'll, I'll go over to Flex. Um, for my first Flex, I have A.J. Dillon. Last week, he flat out he, – he sucked against Tampa's defense. I'm not going to beat around the bush. He, he sucked. He looked terrible. Um, but his partner, Aaron Jones, who he did out-touch, also looked terrible. So this week – Instead of Tampa, Tampa Tom, he gets New England Belichick, who, as I said, which is why I busted Bateman last week, is good at taking away your biggest threat. The biggest threat on the Packers is the ability to run the ball. So I think the game script is going to call for Aaron Rodgers to go have to pass more. Bill Belichick's going to go want Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to go say, hey, go che- go play check down ball all day with your running backs, um, which Aaron Jones out- saw more routes ran than um AJ Dillon a little bit more than double. So for me, the game script calls for Aaron Jones to be on the field catching checkdowns, not AJ Dillon to be running the ball up the middle of Belichick's throat. So it it would be touchdown or bust on AJ Dillon. And I don't like playing touchdown or bust against Bill Belichick. So he, he's gonna sit on my sidelines this week. So Dillon was your first flex op- flex uh, yes. option then. Who was your second wide receiver? Did you say that one yet? That was Bateman. So, who's your first wide receiver? Uh, my first, Terry McLaurin. Okay. Okay. So, I, I didn't do my second wide receiver yet. Um, so, I did my flex in, in Josh Jacobs. I have Robert Woods. Um, he was a guy that's probably on your drop radar up until last week when he had, I think, six receptions for 80 yards, a pretty solid fantasy day. I don't see that happening against the Colts. Colts are the sixth toughest defense against fantasy wide receivers. And as I said, Robert Woods has only had one solid game so far. I don't like the Titans on the season. I don't like them passing the ball at all, really. So don't chase what you saw last week. Put Robert Woods on your bench and see what happens. Because if he puts up another stinker, like I'm not sure he's super duper rosterable. All right. So you have one flex left, I believe. I know we kind of did this out of order. Yes. Let's do, let's do your last flex then. 
I have, and I busted them, I want to say two weeks ago. I'm going to bust them again. It's the opposite side of the ball of the Green Bay Packers. It's both Patriots running backs. This is our second time. Jesus, we have another one. <laughs> Let, last week, they both played pretty well because of their touchdowns. This week, Mac Jones is probably going to be out. There's virtually no shot of them getting the ball downfield enough for a touchdown. So that upside's low. Your next best shot would be a touchdown off a turnover, but Aaron Rodgers is one of the most conservative quarterbacks in NFL history. And then your last shot would be them getting yards and receptions in a split backfield against the Packers, who allow the seventh least amount of points to running back. So all three chances for your upside of either one of these guys is low, and then you have to take into account that they're splitting the workload. So there's no way that I could see... I mean, maybe Ramondre Stevenson, like if I wanted to start one over the other, that's the one I'm playing. But uh, like we've been saying all show, there are way better pivot options this week. Like there's a ton of guys with great matchups this week. Um, So for me personally, they're both hitting the bench. I just have Damian Harris here um, to back up Nick's argument. The Packers are also the eighth best team against fantasy running backs this year. So um, not a defense that you want to play your running backs against. Who's your bust tight end? Actually, you know what? I'll go first since you spoke a lot. Uh, I have Logan Thomas, a guy that Nick's been kind of high on, but the, the Cowboys are the fifth toughest defense against tight ends. He threw up a stinker last week against the Eagles. Um, I feel like Thomas is like the fifth receiving option on his team behind Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, and whatever running back they want to pass through that day. So I feel like he's option four or five. He's only scored over eight points once this season through three weeks. I think this is a streamer that you leave on your bench or leave on the waiver wire. You could find a different streamer out there. I agree with your take on that. Um, my tight end bust. This is the third time I've put him on this list, but I'm not backing down. I'm not. I'm not scared of his good, good, solid performance for a guy that was drafted as the third tight end off the board. It is Kyle Pitts. Last week he had five catches, 87 yards, very solid. But this week he's going up against the Cleveland Browns, who, if you watch the Thursday night football game. Pat Fryermuth did not see a single target up until two minutes left in the game. Do you know why he didn't, though? Why? He was blocking. They had him in blocking against Miles Garrett. He was blocking the entire game. He wasn't Fair. running routes. Fair. So he's the one I, I was really iffy on putting him on the list. But I took a look at where his projection is and on the week, and he's projected to finish as the tight end four. Um, he's only shown proof that he was good enough and the wide receiver one on his team. One week out of the three, I still think Drake London is their best receiving option over there. I like the talent. I like the skill. But for me, some of the guys that were drafted later on in your draft, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, and Tyler Higby, those three guys, I think all three of them have the upside to outscore Kyle Pitts this week as well as all those top dogs. So if I had to bet on them finish top three or outside the top eight, I would probably bet outside the top eight before. All right. We're now going to go on to our final segment of the show, Flex On. I'm going to give you one player from each team for each game and tell you uh, which one we'd rather play basically in our flex spot. Most of these are flex players, some of them not, but uh, we try our best to make it a a flex segment. Cleveland Browns, actually, um, I'm sorry, 9.30 a.m., Minnesota Vikings at the New Orleans Saints. They're playing in London. Adam Thielen versus Chris Olave. I'm taking Olave all day here. He has so much of a target share in that offense. I am going to take uh, – I'll take Thielen. Um, scored his first touchdown last week. I think they're going to have to throw a lot to win this game. Um, I will take Thielen. Getting into the 1 o'clock games, that was quick. Cleveland Browns at the Atlanta Falcons. Kareem Hunt versus the Knicks' favorite player, Cordell Patterson. <sighs> I'll take Cordell Patterson. You have to take Cordell Patterson. He has over 20 fantasy points twice already this season. Um, take Patterson. Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. Antonio Gibson versus Ezekiel Elliott, who I think had another... Oh, no, he got into the end zone. I'm sorry. He did get in the end zone uh, on Monday night. Zeke last week had the best game of his career without Dak Prescott. I'm not banking on him doing it again. I'm taking Antonio Gibson. Um, I'll take Antonio Gibson as well. I just don't like Zeke over there right now. Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Robert Woods against Michael Pittman the most annoying team to do in this segment because the only, you know, skill Neither position have flex you can play options. is Pittman. And right. Pittman will probably beat out everybody else here. I would, I would say our, our most annoying teams for this segment is like the Colts, the Titans, the Patriots. Like there's, there's just some teams that are really tough for this segment. Yeah. 
Um, Michael Pittman is the move. Yeah. Darnell Mooney versus a Giants receiver. Um, I have Kadarius Tony in here. I mean, if Tony's out there, I'd play Tony, knowing Shepard's not going to be out there. But I mean, if it's not Tony, I don't know who I would trust. Yeah, I, I, you may go Darnell Mooney in this one. I think I would have to, but not not by choice because Nick forced me to answer this question. Here's a wild card. Khalil Herbert or anybody on the Giants not named Saquon Barkley. Right now, knowing that David Montgomery probably plays part of the game. I, I would go Giants. If it's not Tony, I would trust. Okay. I would take Richie James. Okay. What about the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Philadelphia Eagles? James Robinson versus Miles Sanders. Right back where he belongs on the bench. Miles Sanders had there. James Robinson's a top five running back right now in fantasy. I'm taking Robinson. Um, Don't do it. I'll take Robinson as well. Um, the, the Eagles have a lot of the 10th most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, New York Jets at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have Elijah Moore versus Deontay with a question mark because I couldn't find a flex option for the Steelers because their other two receivers are irrelevant. So I guess it's Elijah Moore versus Deontay Johnson. Who would you take, Mr. Elijah Moore? Oh, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's a lock for my lineup every single week. Elijah Moore's not. I was going to do Deontay in my all-boom team, but I didn't want to. So I am going to go with Deontay, but if Elijah Moore outscores him, I wouldn't be surprised. Buffalo Bills at the Baltimore Ravens. Devin Singletary versus J.K. Dobbins. I'd lock in Singletary in this matchup 99% of the time. I'm taking Singletary. Yeah, I'll lock him in too. Okay. Uh, Chargers, uh, Texans, Mike Williams versus Brandon Cooks. I'm going with Mike Williams. Um, Texans defense isn't great, uh, and Brandon Cooks hasn't looked great so far this season. The the back end of the Chargers just got absolutely cooked by Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks here. All right, last game of the 1 o'clock slate. We have uh, Greg Dortch or Marquise Brown, whatever's more fair at this point, against DJ Moore. In, in a game that I do want to mention, monitor this game, fantasy fans out there, because uh, Hurricane Ian might go whoop, and if it does, uh, this Carolina game could be very wet. Um, in that case, I wouldn't play like any receiver in this game. Uh, I'm monitoring it for my survivor pool. Um, assuming that it's not downpouring, Greg Dortch or DJ Moore? Greg Dortch, pretty easily here. I think I'll take e- either Cardinals receiver over DJ Moore. Yeah. Into the 4 o'clock games, Detroit Lions at the Seattle Seahawks. We both like these running backs. Who do we like more, Jamal Williams or Shad Penny? The Detroit Lions have the third most points points per game in football. Seattle is not putting up points consistently. If it's touchdown or bust on either of these guys, I trust Jamal Williams to find it. So do I. New England Patriots at the Green Bay Packers. Jacoby Myers versus Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs, baby. I'll take Jacoby Myers. Oh, you're crazy. I'm a Dobbs guy with three. I'm on three leagues, but I'm not sold yet. I need to see it for like two or three games. Denver Broncos versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Jerry Judy versus Hunter Renfro or Matt Collins, depending on if Renfro clears concussion protocol. We don't have an update on that as of Wednesday at 3.34 p.m. yet. I actually saw something about Matt Collins um, that that did interest me. So in week two, where Renfro saw the concussion, which was on the last play of the game, so you can't say he saw increased workload because of that, Holland still had eight targets. So I think based on the way that the Broncos are playing in the way that they're using Judy because the last two weeks Judy has not looked good. I would take Hollins if Renfro's not there. If Renfro is there, I would take Judy. Okay. Um, I will take Judy because I think the Broncos should have more points scored in this game. I hope if Russell Wilson is going to boom like I said he would. Sending in football, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or playoff Lenny Leonard Fournette? I mean, you already said bench Clyde and I'm going yeah I'm going with I, I can't see Clyde being as efficient as he has been against Tampa so I'd go with Lenny as well yep all right that was our show for today it's our Friday show thank you guys so much for listening hopefully we helped you out with your lineups with those boom bus with the flex on them hopefully we helped with your lineup decisions um if you still have questions Sunday morning 8 30 a.m eastern time YouTube Facebook and Twitter we're gonna be live for about an hour before that uh Saints Vikings game We'll just see what location I'm actually broadcasting from. Um, 
But with that said, we will still be live 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Please join us and uh, ask those fantasy questions. We really appreciate all that. We appreciate everybody that's joined our first three shows. Um, so hopefully we see you guys back for that. If you enjoyed this show and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and a review. We'd appreciate that. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button on the video. Hit that subscribe button on the channel. We definitely appreciate that as well. Keep checking in with us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is Primetime FF Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Best of luck in week four. We'll see you Sunday, 8.30 a.m. YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter.